crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Because we, we have all these vampire movies to talk about, and we can waste no time. There's, so tonight, we're so going to talk about movies. a subgenre. What? You interrupted me already. We already started it. He's already, already talking. Oh, I said we're going. Let's get on with the show. All right. So tonight, we're talking about a subgenre of horror movies involving vampires. It's a vampire road movie, such as From Dusk Till Dawn, Near Dark, and John Carpenter's Vampires, plus a sequel featuring Bon Jovi. Before we sink our fangs... And to this one, let's take a, a little bite out of the news. What have we heard in TV and headlines? Did you guys hear that The Last Starfighter is finally getting a sequel? He won't be I The did. Last Starfighter anymore. You told me that, yeah. One. Yeah, so that's this is pretty idea. exciting. Uh, that's a, getting ready to blast off. the second off. to last Starfighter, right? Yeah, yeah, the second to last, yeah. Or Son of Starfighter, that would be last. really cool. That's what, <laughs> what I thought. Year? I they... the ultimate what Starfighter. year did the first movie come out? Uh, 80 86, something? 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, the only other story that I came up with to talk about is they're doing a Meg 2. You know, they didn't give her all the giant sharks, apparently. Um, my favorite of the first part was they had Rain Wilson, you know? They had Dwight from The Office playing, like, a billionaire who built this underwater station. Did you guys watch this? Jason Statham had to fight a bunch of sharks? Did you guys I watched it. I watched it. It was, like, comedy, but, like, serious at times. It was a really weird movie. Yeah. It was, I wanted more camp out of it, and it was, like, I think you're right, yeah. Nick, but, like, it was too serious at times. I didn't. I didn't know. Like, but then there were funny moments. I'm like, is this serious? Or I, I didn't know really know where it was going. Huh. It, was, it was confusing. Fair enough. Do you think you'll watch part two? Uh, probably not in the theater. If I can even yeah. go to the theater, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, there, if the theater exists, it will exist. Yeah, we'll see if it exists. <laughs> I, uh, I was offline earlier talking to Adam, and we were we were shooting the shit, and we were talking about like, you know. If the internet exists, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're, we're like, <laughs> like, like, our whole show uh, is dependent on whether or not there's literally an internet. By light right now because no electricity. So that shit could be real. <laughs> yeah, our buddy Dave, Dangerous coming, Dave, guys. lives in the uh, rolling blackout state where their their fire prevention strategy from the from the governor is like, let's turn off everybody's electricity. Dave, are you it flashing doesn't, like, doesn't flashlight at yourself person. right now? Am I what? Like you hey, look like you're in the you're, apocalypse you're, bunker. Yeah, are you? Yeah. Like, if your power's I out, go, how do you like, have, how do you have light up? Are you sure that your, I, your phone? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. are, you, are you sure your your power is even gonna last for forty five minutes? <laughs> I know, right? If Dave goes, it's like, oh, <laughs> my battery's out. Right so I've you, got yeah. bricks uh, for power. Uh, so, all right. Okay. Do you guys have any other uh, headlines? We actually have a power generator, but oh, Dave, do you have any headlines you want to review? Do you have any news? Actually, yeah. 
Yeah, um, so there's talks. It's just in talks right now, but um, Tim Burton may take on a uh, Adams Family reboot TV show where it mm. takes place in modern times with uh, Wednesday Adams. And if they get like Christina the Ricci star? on board, I'm there. Huh? Oh, is she like the main star, Wednesday? Well, uh, we, from uh, from what they say so far, uh, Wednesday would be the main star. Now, they haven't said who they've casted or if they've talked about casting yet, but kind of the everybody's hoping that you know Christina Ricci would do it because she's the right age. So she'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I, and Tim Burton, I, I'd watch it. I would too. I, I have one. So I, as of today, as of today, I read that Michael Keane has signed on to star as Bruce Wayne in an HBO Max Batman Beyond series. Now I don't know if this is I, I, I don't know if this is voiceover or animation yeah. or if it's physically him. I hope it's physically him. But I, I just heard this today, though I don't know if it's true or not. I mean it's, it's it was on a few news sites. Live Dude, that's pretty cool. That would Maybe. be really cool. I, I want live action. If it's animation, I'm kind of like, uh, whatever. But I mean, yeah. the cartoon's cool. Um, yeah. But who he would be playing the older Bruce Wayne because he's the right age, right? Which is perfect. Yeah. And then he could, you know, feign to be even older with his cane and Whoa. you know, training some he, young buck. I think it's interesting that his Batman would be in the continuity of Batman Beyond. You know, yeah. probably does eighty Batman mm. into into the Terry McGinnis story. That's pretty cool. Um, that, that's that's yeah, pretty right. super exciting news, but I don't that's I don't even really know if HBO exciting. Max is going to be around too much longer. They're like what they're it doing right now is like all the HBO originals and all the HBO documentaries are like now going to HBO Max, right? Which kind mm. of makes HBO obsolete in itself. So now go get their app and go watch that stuff. Otherwise, you can't see it. Like they're making yeah. a documentary about. Remember when um that uh the interview came out the where they went to North Korea. And they hacked oh, so many oh, pictures. Sean, right? you and I talked about that. And then they hacked the Nick. Yeah. <laughs> and they were about to take Nick down. All right. So, yeah. so uh, oh. that whole thing was right. Uh, there's, a, there's a documentary coming out on HBO Max about that situation with that movie. And, mm. and they're oh. like, oh, we were still going to premiere the movie and da 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 da. da and then, then we didn't because they all got afraid of North Korea and, and like they, they just canceled everything. So, anyway. That's coming out, but it, but again, if you don't have HBO Max, then I guess you won't see it. But like all the HBO stuff, that's where it's gone. So I don't know, and you still can't get it on a Roku TV, which is the major problem. They're, they're not on Rokus. No, no you got to your, your Google Cast or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I got. All some right, news. any more news, or uh, do we want to jump right in? Do we I got, go into I got more news. It's a short you story. Got more news. Yeah. Got the news. Don't hold your breath. Mm -hmm. but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I see. I can see you excited. Okay, so uh, the the idea that No Time to Die was going to be streamed is dead. They put the kibosh on that. Talks failed huh. almost as fast as they began. So the next 007 movie, well, good luck seeing it. Or you know, we'll make it through. We'll, we'll get to see. What do you it. mean? Like, well, is it that just a won't be in a Oh, it's done apparently. Um, it's been done for like a long time. Yeah, it was so but to be released it's last like, April. I can guarantee you're not going to see it in Regal theaters. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, they shut down. There won't be any Regal theaters. Um, right. Speaking of a good way to watch movies, you can get seven days of free movies and shows on Stars TV with a simple sign up. You can redeem the details over at bwpodcast.com 
forward slash stars with a Z dash offer. Seven days of free movies and shows on stars. We were ragging on HBO Max. We got no complaints about stars. Sign up and check it out. Tonight's movie, we got a wide range of vampire stuff. We're discussing Near Dark from 88, Forsaken from 2001. We got John Carpenter's Vampires 1 and 2. And we got From Dusk Till Dawn 1 and 2. All right. What is Near Dark about? Uh, Teenage cowboy goes to a bar, likes a chick. Chick turns out to be a vampire. Chick turns out to be caught up in a vampire road gang. Uh, He goes on the road with him after he gets bitten. But then the gang is going to mess with his family. So he ultimately chooses his family over the gang. Tries to get the vampire girl out of the gang. There's this pre-Twilight. It's like the first major vampire romance in cinema. It's Catherine Bigelow's debut film as a director. She's a good director, by the way. She brought the the Hurt Locker, right? Yeah. Um, And I think Zero Dark Thirty. Um, Point Break. She's done some good stuff. And she used to be married to, 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 to Cameron, whatever, James Cameron, but... I, 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 he's talented, but I, I've always liked the shit that she does. And Near Dark is pretty cool. Um, what's funny is what, when Twilight came out, they re-released this one on DVD, right? And I think, <laughs> yes. Nick, you, one of you guys posted the picture of the, the cover, right? It was Dave. Right? And, <laughs> it was Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they made and the Dave bought it because he thought like, it was Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Twilight is this style. a prequel? the thing is if if you compare this to twilight you're never gonna watch near dark because you're just gonna have that bad taste of twilight in your mouth you know um but that that's the general synopsis like you know kid gets messed up in this this vampire road gang it's a western though i noticed about all the the stuff we're talking about they're all vampire westerns right they're vampire road movies but they're also all all what horror westerns it's like a a subgenre um all right, so favorite bits from this movie. Uh, actually, my I, I don't really have a I don't really have like a like a scene or scenario. I do like uh, Bill Paxton's vampire torturing the people in the diner. Oh, right? awesome. that's a highlight. Totally. That is um, definitely a highlight. The other element is I love the casting of Tim Thomerson as the dad, right? Mm-hmm. Who's hanging out on the little farm, wants to help his kid out, you know, trying to teach him the life lessons, but you know, I'm sure he didn't expect the kid to bring home a, a vampire. You know what I mean? It's like one thing to have a teen pregnancy, but oh, you're caught up with vampires? Great. Could it have just been drugs? We could have done them with meth. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, could have dealt with this, yeah. Yeah, could have dealt with that. Um, so let's go to uh, Nick. What are you, what's your favorite bit from Near Dark? I actually love the uh, score by Tangerine Dream. I thought it was a really oh. beautifully done score. And they did yeah. Legend and a bunch of stuff at that time. And I have the soundtrack. I should have brought it. It's in my car. It's the only CD that has been in my car for three years now. Because I don't <laughs> listen to a lot of CDs. But randomly, it'll just play. I'm like, oh, well, fuck it. So actually, I, and also, I love the movie, too. But I just figured you guys would. T- he, uh, John took my uh, favorite scene from the Bill Paxton part at the bar. So oh, that's why I have the score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, kind of same thing. He took my scene, uh, but the what I haven't watched this recently, but I remember the the young kid in it um, who wasn't he like actually the oldest member of the group, but he was in the youngest body. Yeah, yeah they called right. him the old man. He was like stuck in the body of a twelve year old. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I, I like that because I like that kid actor. Um, he was in a movie called River's Edge, and like it, he was he had a sweet spot in the eighties where he he was in a few movies. And he he looked yeah. like the youngest kid from Charles in Charge, didn't he? I, it's been forever since oh, okay. I've seen Charles yeah, and Charles, I, so okay. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, everybody's I a little was, thrown off because we usually I, don't record video. We usually just do audio. 
Everybody's like, I think. What do I look like? <laughs> I'm just looking at you guys, going like, what do they All look right, like? All right, well, you're up to bat there, double uh, A. We're looking for your favorite. Okay, hit. so Dave is always like taking mine, and I'm always taking Dave's. Uh, right. That little kid. He predates like interview with the vampires weirdness about like how you can turn at a certain age and be stuck in that age forever. And mm. this is the first time that, in, that I think I've seen this idea on screen. So it was a neat idea. Maybe it has existed before that, but an interview with the vampire, they made a big deal about it. But here it is like we got this older movie. Boom. Uh, the kids there. But my favorite scene in the movie is him needing like a companion his age after boasting being a man inside of a child's body for so long, like he falls for, you know, the guy's sister. Oh, man. And, uh, and, yeah. And that was like, reminded me of, uh, this other movie. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I got uh, okay, no. to bring this up. Okay. Well, he's, he's, I don't know. He's trying to be play with the big boys because he says he's a man inside, but he's really just a kid looking for another kid to play with because he's frozen mentally in that place. So he's boasting, oh, sure. pretending to be a man when he's when he does he can't ever mature, and that's a neat idea. The other thing uh, is like he is trying desperately at the end to get to her, and his the thing they like to play with in this movie. The the different movies had different rules for how vampires worked. But these guys could be in the sun for a little while as they smoked. Well, see, just, <laughs> and, just save that. I feel like you got ahead of the notes because I, I, I said sorry. favorite spinner twist on the vampire myth. Pick one of the movies. That's, that's like our third act. Okay. You're ruining our third oh, okay, act. Okay. Just him exploding. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, cool. I was like, what? <laughs> um, well, you, may, you reminded me of another vampire movie, Let the Right One In. Same kind oh, of thing. Well, She's a young yeah. vampire. And oh, she specifically so targets good. like older men that may be pedos or whatever. But but then yeah. like, that's who she eats, and then she meets a child her age and wants to be his friend and all that. So that, yeah. that reminded me your statement about the character reminded me of that. That's a cute um, movie, fun for the whole family. So what is the Forsaken <laughs> about? That's the next list uh, on our playlist here of the Vampire Road horror westerns. The Forsaken is like you pulled these two kids out of a CW show and plumped them down in a horror movie. You got Kerr Smith and Brendan Fair on the road. Um, Kier Smith is, of course, from Dawson's Creek. He's also in one of the uh, Final Destination movies, right? The original. The original, like, yeah. Rocks, right? That's um, right. So he, he needs to take a side gig to, to have money to go to his sister's wedding, so he figures, I'll drive this fancy car, BMW, whatever it is, Rolls Royce, whatever the hell it is, out into the country and, uh, and have enough money to go to my sister's wedding. And what's cool is, like, um, what's relatable about him is we were in film school, I think, at the time, and it, it, that's his job. He's, like, an assistant editor, at a schlocky horror movie production company, right? And then he takes this gig to yeah. drive this car and gets caught up in a situation where he gets hooked up with these two infected characters. And it's kind of just like, this works like a blood disease, almost like, it feels like an STD, but maybe not, because you get bit, you're infected, right? Anything you do with the vampires in this movie, you're infected. And then Jonathan Shake is like doing such a good job, or Shrek, or however oh, you pronounce this guy's name. So good. He's been around a little yeah. while. He's in some of the zombie movies that come out recently. He, he's a big horror genre fan too. Actually. Yeah, he's yeah. Been a so lot he does a good horror. job doing like the Dracula esque, but but James Dean version of Dracula, if such a thing is possible. Yeah. And he's in like a fancy road, like souped up Mustang or road, whatever the car is, Camaro or something. And they keep encountering him as they go along their trip, trying to get to where they're going, and then. There's, like, this whole mythology in this movie about, like, where the vampires started from and the Great Crusades or whatever, so. Um, yeah, that brings us to favorite bits. I guess that's mine. I like the, sto the story of how they came to be, like, with the knights. 
you know, encountering the angel of death or whatever. I, like, I thought that was cool. Um, Dave, what about you? What's your favorite bit from uh, from the Forsaken? Uh, well, the main character towards the end uh, has a fun rendition of Enter Sandman by Metallica for a minute. Um, <laughs> that and honestly, like the soundtrack. I mean, it's yes, it's by today's standards kind of crappy music, but like it was kind oh, of music grunge, I grew though. up. It's like the element, yeah. It's it's uh, the uh, the new metal uh, music of that era. So that's hmm. kind of took me back to being a teenager for a moment. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, grunge only existed then. So yeah, you'd have to some. That's that's like like the first scream or something. You get to go back to like a musical time, you know? Yeah. That so was like encapsulated in a certain generation, like Everclear and all those guys, the Red Chevelle, all those guys. Um, where are we at? Nick, what are your favorite bits from the Forsaken? Uh, I forgot the main villain's name. Uh, you just said Jonathan. What's his name? Oh, he has a Shit. dumb name. His name is like Kit. No, no, but the you know, main, the main vampire guy. Oh yeah, it's um, played by played by Jonathan Sheck or whatever. Yeah, I I just think he was so charismatic and such a great villain in this movie. He was my favorite part. Like just any scene he was in, he just brought this movie up another notch. Yeah, if he hadn't done it, it probably would have sucked. I really would. Yeah, he, he did a so good. So I job. just thought he was he was like you know how there's like actors who just steal a movie. He stole this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, double A. I felt a great degree of tension the entire movie because his goal was to deliver that car spotless to yeah. its destination. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they bring that up actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right, he's got to not get anything on this car. That's how they open part two. What the hell are we going to do about this car? (laughs) Is there a part two? I don't know. No. It should be a part two. You kind of wonder if they were hoping for a franchise, right? They probably would have, yeah. Yeah. 19 years later, nothing. (laughs) When he's got to go through those those two big uh, trucks and he pushes through and uh, I don't know that I don't think that would resonate for everyone, but anyone that's been in some harrowing car oriented stuff where you are responsible and you're going to pay out the pocket with threats from the shady dude. I don't know. I identified with that real hard, guys. And uh, <laughs> Have you had this experience, Adam? Like, not, oh, I, don't, I don't know where I'm pulling it from, but yeah. It, yeah. it was resonating real strong. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. so. Um, that brings us to John Carpenter's Vampires. John Carpenter's Vampires, the first one, was his last movie that was in the black, like, as far as his box office tape, right? Because he does Ghost of Mars mm. shortly after this, and it tanks. And yeah. So this was his last, like, positive box office success. Was, was this um, profitable? Was this a hit? I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. The original Vampires was a hit, and essentially, it's adapted from a novel about these working-class guys that they're basically exterminators. They get hired by the Vatican, the CIA, whatever local town, sheriffs. Town pays them. They bring their crew in, and they basically annihilate infestations, nests of, of vampires. Um, they have weird names for vampires in here, like feeders, masters, and um, creepers, or what? They have weird names, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the whole plot. There's like one guy named Jack Crow who's who's supposed to be like the best of the best. That's who James Wood plays. Then you got one of the Baldwin brothers. It's actually Daniel Baldwin. Um, in like one of his only good movies, playing like the the friend Montoya or whatever. 
who uh, helps them rig these these things to pull the vampires out of their nests and into the sunlight. That's kind of how they do it. They walk in. They're pretty sterile about it. They go in. It's all mechanical. They got big giant stakes, mechanical arms. They just wrench them up. They hit them with the crossbow, drag them out of the house, and, and take out all the vampires. And they bring a priest. I guess that's like ceremony, right? They bring a padre with them every time. But um, they let their guard down. Vampire screws up the whole team, and that kind of sets up the plot of the first movie. They got an infected girl with them, um, and then they're trying to unravel this conspiracy of, like, well, who's targeting the vampire killers? Why is this master vampire hanging out in the southwest? And again, we're on the road because we're, we're driving through Arizona, Texas, Me New Mexico. I think it's in New Mexico. We're driving through the southwest anyway, right, trying to stay alive with these guys. And that's basically Vampires 1. Um, let's jump into favorite bits. Nick, what do you got for us? What do you like about the first vampires? Uh, pretty much James Woods. I, I, I you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm honing in on actors a lot in these movies, and I think James Woods coming in there, just his cockiness, the badass. Like I've done this for years. Let me come in and kill these vampires. I, I think James Woods steals the show in this movie. I, he's my favorite part, or my, or my I mean, favorite bit. They give him some zingers, some one-liners, right? Like, they hey, do, father, yeah. you get a little mahogany, get a little wood when we went in I, there. Like, you know, yeah. making references. Right? I thought, I thought he was. I thought he was incredible. Well, well, you know, Nick, who would agree with you on that uh, is actually Roger Ebert. Because I remember when this came out, I used Did to watch he? like the Siskel and Ebert show, and he was like, oh, yeah. James Wood should get an Academy Award or be nominated. Like, no he, lie. Like, he no, loved no. this movie. Really? He said Whoa. that? What? Yeah, no. I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to watch that review now. Yeah. No, but I, I, I do think, I do, I what? totally agree with Ebert. He was, he so, really I mean, was like, so charismatic. Wow. Hmm. I don't know if it was Oscar worthy in what is it, nineteen ninety nine when this came out, but whatever. Uh, yeah. what did I write it down? Um, ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety eight. Uh, okay. Yeah. Dave, what's your favorite bit? Um, actually, probably that like first what fifteen minutes or so. Like mm. you mentioned earlier, working class. Like, yeah, these guys. Like, that's the thing I love is like they're taking out vampire after vampire, and it's just and another fucking paps. business and thing. slamming paps the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. Like in fact, like, just another day in their job. Yeah. Like crossfades, like you know this is going on for hours, and like, all right, yeah. Lord, are we going to be done with this yet? <laughs> you know, it's just business. When can I go to the uh, bar and eat my? Nachos? Yeah, basically, it's like <laughs> they get there at dawn and they're they they're, they're done at dusk, right? Because they don't want to be after dark in case there's an extra vampire. You know, it's kind of that thing. So they are they do feel the threat. They are terrified, and that's probably why they do the drugs and drink and party. You know what I mean? Because. Freak, like Steve could be dead the next day. You don't know who's gonna get killed on the job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, it, and it's Steve. it's almost like working for the carnival. You know these guys don't have like insurance, hazard pay. They don't get overtime. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like they die. They it. die. Yeah. yeah Family's yeah, not getting uh, life insurance. If they get infected, they die. Uh, yeah. They're like rat rat exterminators or something going in there. I love that first bit part of the movie as well. I mean, because yeah. it plays out of like they're doing so much cool stuff in one space. And it's and they keep going in and out. It's so it's pretty neat it, how mean, they got locked in locked down. That, in there. That's my favorite bit is the the use of the team. And I almost feel bad that we don't really get to see the team very much in 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 the first uh, movie, right? And I think they learned their lesson in the second one because the team that forms with Bon Jovi in part two, man, is together for most of the movie, right? Yeah. So yeah, the team actually. Comes together in the bond. Yeah, the second yeah. one. Yeah, forming Martin, the team like, is like uh, uh, forming the team is like a major part of part two, and that's well, essentially down to... in Mexico. What? No, I'm just saying. Like my real first 
favorite scene is uh, James Woods getting like pulled off of that cross or the cross getting pulled down and, and being dragged. <laughs> so I did not expect I'm that. trying to pick the audience part too, brother. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know. I need, I, that's why I needed to come in now because I was, oh, oh crap. God. Moving on. He's going forward. I need to catch Yeah, I, okay. we got to keep the train okay. moving. Let's we got to keep go. this thing on the tracks. Okay. So in part two, there's a there's a vampire killer named Derek Bliss played by Bon Jovi. He's down in Mexico. They call him for a special job. Essentially, how he takes jobs is he makes sure he, he videotapes everything so he can get his commission. Oh, so hard to get commission these days. Anyway, to get his commission paid out, he takes these videos. He sends them in. They send him a payment wirelessly. And then they're like, we need a special team put together. Something's going on down here. And the master's a female, and she's fucking everybody up in this movie. And everybody he goes to recruit gets killed. Spoiler alert. I should have warned everybody. Um, anyway, uh, usually I alert you folks, but then tell you what the spoiler is. But I did it backwards <laughs> that time. Oh, Out of sheer excitement to tell you how many people die in this movie. At one point, they take the time to show you that like they got a guard on the outside. Then you have to cross a river. Then you have to go up this road to get to the monastery. And there's another armed guard there. But then when the vampires show up, none of those checkpoints actually work. Right? Um, to keep the keep the priest alive. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the guy doesn't call in on the radio like, hey, a bunch of vampires are just standing here in the middle of the road. They look like they're up to some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he kind of called it in, warned everybody at the monastery, but he didn't. And um, again, Catholicism plays a big part because it's you know good versus evil, classic stuff. Um, so, But what's funny is, like, Derek Bliss, do you guys remember the Robert Rodriguez movie with, like, the... The guitar hero, like El Mariachi, El Mariachi Desperado. Yeah. Oh, he did like and, uh, three Once Upon a Time yeah. in Mexico. So that that hero has like yeah. a gun, uh, a bunch of guns inside of a, a guitar case. But in this, he has a bunch of guns inside of a surfboard, right? So Derek Bliss pops it out. He's got his little stake gun and a bunch of other accessories. Again, the giant stakes. The I wrote down that the older brother from freaking Family Matters shows up. His name is um. Derek McCreary or something. He's the one that Where? plays the guy that gets off the bus and he's got the special shotgun shells. Oh, she's a vampire. Shit. Yeah. So oh, that's all it's about. Yeah, like, putting together the team and fighting a vampire in Mexico is basically essentially what this whole thing is about. But it ties into the first one because there's a magic cross that supposedly gives the vampires the ability to walk in daylight. So they bring the cross back and they write out the priest from the first movie like he already died, just mysteriously died while trying to take care of the cross. Um, favorite bits from this movie, Adam, what do you got for us? Oh, well, uh, that first scene with Bon Jovi, uh, going after, hey, hey there, buddy with the, the shaver, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh, thank you, mister, for saving me. And then, uh, and I just, it was a misdirection from the very beginning and I loved it so much. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and it was good. I did not expect very much, honestly. I mean, how many other, how many other movies have Bon Jovi been in? Anybody? Well, he's been I in didn't even know he was in yeah. any movies before few, this or right? since. I mean, yeah, I don't. He, he's never actually been it. in a few. Yeah. Okay. Count them on your hand, maybe. But he did a good job, and I I enjoyed it because of that. But my favorite bit is uh when your your last words are uh you've never lived until you've got head from a vampire. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Uh Dave, what's your favorite bit? Um, just the fact that I bought 
Bon Jovi as an ass kicking vampire hunter. <laughs> like, yeah, just, he did a pretty uh, good just, job. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't have uh, much expectations. I've seen him. He hasn't done. Um, he's always been a side character, or uh, so th- to have him do- carry the whole movie. I was surprised that he was able to do so. You know, so props to John Bon Jovi. Share right, his birthday. Fourth wall. I'm gonna break the fourth wall. For his a birthday. Every time I see, you guys can't see this, or maybe you can see this. I don't know. It depends on which version you're watching. Every time I see Nick take a drink, <laughs> I just I then have to take a drink. Oh, are we doing this now? Okay, we want to play this game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bring it. <laughs> right, I don't uh, have a drink. Let's okay. see. So favorite bits. Who did we miss? Everybody kind of uh, chimed me, in on their my, favorite bit. No, my, okay. my, my favorite bit. My favorite bit is actually that the movie in general. Jeez. I thought this would suck, and it was good. Yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> bit. Like, I, oh I, man! So 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 <laughs> anyway, I pitched it. So I told you guys we're watching it. You're like, oh, John, what the fuck did you pick for this? I'm movie? like, dude. Yeah. Well, because I would have watched this and liked this in 2000, whatever it came out. And then I watched it and I'm like, I would have fucking actually really liked this movie. That's my point. I'm just saying. Well, they had well, the I sequel think that's doctor. What they the video in, uh, back in the day. So yeah, I kind of disagree. It was a DV release, but they brought in the who I call the sequel doctor, the real sequel doctor, Tommy Lee Wallace, who helped develop yes. Steadicam. He's a great horror director. He did the TV version of It. And what else has he done? He did Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which... Has a cult following. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers, but people still like Great that movie. movie. Great movie. Um, he's, oh, he did the he. What else has he worked on? Well, he worked on all the Halloweens with with um, what's his name? That's where he got his start. And then, like I said, he yeah. built the camera rigs. That's why there's so many motion shots in this. Could have been a throwaway sequel because of his camera rigs that he has. And honestly, it should have been because around this time you would think this would suck, and that's why I never gave it a chance. I remember literally going to Blockbuster at the time, being like. Mm. Whatever. Let me rent this one instead. Los Muertos. And I should have. Yeah, exactly. And I was. My favorite bit is that it actually worked. <laughs> I was. I was shocked. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's. It's very well shot. It's very well made. Yeah. I mean, like you know. Of course, that's, being from the Steadicam guy, I should. That scene yeah. in the think... diner where he goes to the bathroom and he comes back out and everybody in the diner is dead. That's pretty damn cool. Because <laughs> um... it really painted the picture of how weird that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say like before all these other movies came out, like Near Dark was the only one that was a western and a vampire movie at the same time, and it stood that way yeah. for like at least ten years. Um, and Catherine Bigelow oh, wanted to make that, that because she was gonna wanted to make a western, but then it wasn't gonna get made, and all these other vampire movies were coming out like Lost Boys and all that stuff. So to blend the genres is kind of cool, and to see these other movies follow it in its footsteps. I mean, there was. Billy the Kid versus Dracula, but there's really no. It's really just that's just an old western. It isn't really. It's not really very horror. horror I never terrifying. saw that. I heard about Tiny that. Town is more terrifying than that movie. Um, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see. So now we're covering from Dust Till Dawn because we're talking about how they blend westerns with horror elements and vampires. So from Dust Till Dawn, there's the Gecko Brothers. One of them is played by Quentin Tarantino. He's kind of pervy. The other brother who's more responsible is played by George Clooney. They're holed up in the beginning at a mini mart and they're on their way to meet somebody at a bar called the Titty Twister of all places. And apparently the setup is vampires have owned this bar for like, I don't know, 400 years when it was a Mayan temple and now it's a bar. And basically anybody that's kind of a throwaway member of society, truckers, bikers, druggers, 
criminals, whatever, they all hang out here, and they get eaten by vampires. And it's just bad luck for the Gecko brothers, because they're going to have to spend the night there, and then anybody that's there with them, like Sex Machine is a biker that helps them. There's a trucker <coughs> played by Fred Williamson uh, who helps them fight off vampires, and there's a family they take hostage because they're on the run from the Texas Rangers or whatever, right, from a bank robbery, right? Um, you think you're watching Pulp Fiction Part 2, and then it veers off into left field, and all of a sudden there's vampires everywhere. And Selma Hayek is like the main vampire, or turns into like a snake goddess or something. Um, and the only myth I can think that they're pulling on is like, I don't know if there are any Latin snake gods or Mayan snake gods. There's Greek snake gods that are like vampires, but I, I don't know how they got to snakes in like, maybe it's in Aztec mythology. I'm, I'm not sure. And I'm not going to go too much on the mythology. All I know is she turns into a giant snake. She looks cool as hell. The repertoire, the, the writing is done by Quentin Tarantino, so it's good. And you got Robert Rodriguez doing a great job as directing the movie. So it's those two powerhouses put together for this like little indie crime movie that suddenly has vampires like halfway through the movie, which that split the audience like when it came out, like right in half, right? You either went along if, with it if, or you if didn't. If you didn't know, it, I mean, it's pretty shocking. If you didn't know and you were watching like this is going to be like Reservoir Dogs and this suddenly became this, it would be shocking. It really would. Did anybody have time to get to the sequel with Robert Patrick? Texas I've seen it. I, I saw it before. So, yeah. Okay. So in that one, same thing, like, bank robbers get infiltrated by vampires, and then, like, they have to work with the police in the Mexican... There's, like, a standoff between the police vampires and the... and the... Um, and Robert Patrick. So these come out in the 90s. What are your favorite bits? Uh, do you got a favorite bit from the first one, Dave? From WrestleDoc? Um, yeah, actually, uh, keep in mind that I was 13 when this came out, so that's about the age I saw this. Yeah. Um, and it's still my favorite bit, but uh, Cheech Marin's pussy. Uh, <laughs> Cheech Marin's oh, the pussy, pussy joke. <laughs> Sorry, I guess it's going to send us into explicit, but I have a special memory because me and my me and a cousin who had just seen this would always have a back and forth with another. They're like, "Ah, oh, we got cold pussy." He goes like, "We got wet pussy. We got hot pussy." Like it was a back and forth me and my cousin <laughs> would have. So that's still kind of my uh, favorite bit. Yeah, because Cheech Marin is like carnival barking outside the door to get customers to come in. And yeah. He's talking about everything you can get inside as a customer. Yeah. Um, it, and he was also like the guard, like right before there, and then they do a transformation of him. Oh, he plays like three different people. He plays the carnival. Yeah. He plays the guy at the club. He plays, you're right, he plays the, um, the border, border patrol, patrol guy. guy. And then at the end, he plays the, the guy that. Um, was negotiating some kind of deal with uh, George Clooney's character. Like mm -hmm. he's the he's the guy at the end. He's the reason why they're at the bar. Yeah, um, and it's almost like that's where the reset happens. They've escaped into Mexico. The first arc of the movie has two arcs. The first yeah. arc is they they're out and they've they they're victorious and now they're now it's a whole other movie, you know. And then he plays another character from the end of the first movie with the whole dramatic like you have to get through the past the border and then the next movie he's the He's in the very next scene. It's it's it was. I was like, he's in the very next scene. <laughs> like yeah. uh, tribute to like his uh, his talent. The coolest thing about this movie is that in the script, to me, it just says at some point when the when the vampires start to come out, mayhem ensues. That's <laughs> there's like fifteen, twelve, yeah. fifteen minutes of screen. Have, have you read Have you read the script? It said that. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. It does say uh, that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, um, so okay, so I'll bring up Texas Blood Money. So if you want to see Robert Patrick play somebody that's not a Terminator, not a bad guy. I mean, his character is a bad guy, but he's not so bad. John like, Doggett. Kinda, 
kind of root, root for him in here. And uh, um, the gang that's robbing the bank in that movie slowly get turned into vampires one by one. And then, like, he's left alone to fight with the Texas Rangers and the Mexican police in, like, a standoff. It's a very quick sequel. It's a one and done. But I remember when they were coming out, like, somebody brought up Blockbuster earlier. And I can imagine people were like, Daddy, what's a Blockbuster? But anyway, when they existed, I remember seeing the two posters because they made two and three, like, back to back. Right? I, I, so I can't this... even watch three. Oh, yeah. Hangman's Daughter. It was, like, back in time 200 years ago. And you see, like, how... I... I've watched 20 minutes of it, and I can't even yeah. finish it. I you, remember you it being see, bad. That's like the origin story of Selma Hayek's character becoming <laughs> Santanica Pandemonium. Wow. If, if anyone, I got that, it, baby. If you're listening that's to the audio version, Adam pulled out his uh, That's what you use. You, get, you go wow, in there, and they get your code. You got any favorites left? Because I need to rent something. You got any freebies right now? Adam, can you recommend There's a credit on my account that I can't use because, you know, I don't know where it went. I mean, should I, I should I tell you the whole cast of freaking from Rust Till Dawn one and two? Because you got Quentin Tarantino, Danny Trejo, George Clooney, Selma Hayek, Tom Savini, Fred Williamson, Cheech Marin, Juliet Lewis, and Harvey Keitel. That's a big. That's a lot of all stars for the first. Movie. And more. I mean, and there's even and more. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say like yeah. more than you brought up. Yeah. Well, there's um, yeah. what's his name, Michael Parks. Tom Savini, Michael, Michael Parks. Park. Yeah. Um, Fred Williams. Fred Williams. The other guy. Yeah, I said Fred Williams. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Tom Zavini, and, and, and that's it. I mean, the trilogy takes a bad turn. Jackson, I mean, they made a they, they made a TV show out of it too. Nicotero like, is in it. Oh, is yeah. in what? Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero the is the one? guy. Yeah, yeah. He hmm. he's the guy that challenges uh, Tom Savini when Tom Savini shows his special gun rig. Yeah. Oh, when Sex Machine pulls out a pistol. Machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes he has sense, a mechanism. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so your favorite spin or twist on the vampire myth? Pick one out of these movies that we that we talked about. Dave, what is your favorite uh, spin on how the vampires operate or their powers, whatever? Um, out of this whole bunch, ah, oh, it's a tough call, but I'm gonna have to go and say from dusk till dawn. Uh, I I don't know. That's a movie I fell in love with. Part of that was shot where near my hometown, so there's also part of that for me too. But which element, like the fact that they have this whole setup where they oh. lure people in, or like what what? Just just the fact that like we mentioned earlier, like it's two movies kind of rolled in one, almost three, because the first like ten minutes is almost a movie unto itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the just the bait and switch in a sense, uh, but such a good one. Like you don't feel betrayed when it turns into a different movie. Oh, okay. So. Um, Nick, your favorite spinner twist on the vampire myths in these movies? I love Near Dark, and I think it's because I, I most vampire movies don't really have a love type story, and I really oh, okay. was. And I'm not talking about the Twilight crap. I'm talking about, like, this one actually felt like a cool love story between the guy and the girl. I actually dug it. And with, like I mentioned earlier, Tangerine Dream's amazing score helped that love theme. It's one of my favorite, like, scores when they're actually, like, kissing and stuff. It's really beautiful. Dang. Um, swinging back around to Adam. Any, uh, anything much that it... you like? From yeah, the, the I... how they set up the vampires. Well, I mean, I like the uh, the beginning of him having just uh, trying to go back home after his card won't work or whatever. Like it's like mysterious why he is his car Wait, is stalled movie, out. Which right, movie? Which movie are you talking about? Near, yeah. near dark. 
Okay. Dark. Okay. Uh, his car is stalled out, and he's right by his farm. He's trying to make it back home. Right after he has uh, kissed her, they kissed, and then I guess she bit him. And he and, and he's smoking, walking across the field trying to get back. And you can't tell if it's the dust he's kicking up from the field or if it's him. I'm like, hey, what, what's all the dust? Oh snap, that's smoke. And then he's like, he's in pain. Then you see his face is all blackened. They really set the stage for, oh, my gosh, he just turned. He just got bit. He turned immediately. He cannot be in the sun. And what a neat convention. And you don't see the fruition of that until uh, much later in the in the film. Uh, everyone else also experiences pain. But it's not till that kid walks out and, he, and you know, you know, an explosion. Uh, I just thought that was really neat uh, in terms of how they played with the lore. Um the Forsaken was neat because it's the first one I watched out of all these movies, and that's the one that got me excited about all vampire movies. I could tell you I wasn't more unenthused as that I could be to to watch a bunch of va- vampire movies. It's not my thing. But when I saw The Forsaken, I was like, hey, man, this is pretty good. Uh, we're, we're in good hands. Yeah. And I honestly, I liked all of these movies. So The Forsaken it's- was really cool because it introduced the virus element and uh, the 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 – the connection uh, element was there. Uh, the to the John Carpenter one that like built on that whole idea. But then there's this time period. I love the time period. You get bit, you can prolong it. The Forsaken did that really well. You take these drugs. They re- they visit. I don't know what the order was. Forsaken came out after Vampires, right? Yeah, it was 2001. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's interesting how some of the stories are similar. Like. And near dark, we get a, a blood transfusion that saves him. We see a blood transfusion in uh, Vampires Part Two, Los Muertos. We see these drugs that can affect slowing down the transformation in Forsaken. We also see those drugs in Vampires Los Muertos, which gives the vampires like a temporary way to go in the daylight, right? And then mm-hmm. the only relationship to the other one from Rest of Dawn is that we're in the Southwest, in the, and it's the Western myths are alive and well in these wrapped up in these little vampire shells. Um, my, my favorite of this entire list is, um, probably Near Dark, I sit a little bit higher than From Dust to Dawn. I'm really surprised that Near Dark is out of print. It actually just heartens me a little bit. It's um, so good. It's, it's one of my it's favorite really vampire movies of all, of all, like, all time. Like, totally it's, agree. Very, it's, like, I mean, top of my list is probably Lost Boys, and then Near Dark is there. And rounding out my top three, I keep bringing up this movie called Jugular Wine, which is a Canadian vampire movie. And it's, it's like... I've never seen that. If you could find a copy of that movie, holy crap. Like, um, that is like Twilight, but on acid. And, and it's the same kind of thing. Like, same story. Like, boy gets caught up with the wrong girl or a girl that has a disadvantage because she's with these psycho vampires, right? And it's in, like, the New York party scene. And I think at one point they're in the... They head out to the wilderness, like, Arctic-type type shit. But um, that's a great vampire movie. But I love... Vampires are my favorite monster. So I, I kind of watch the, the shitty movies that they're in, and I watch the, the, the good movies that they're in, you know? It's like it's like somebody religiously watching like every single zombie movie that comes out, right? Because there's people that yeah. love zombie movies, so they'll, they'll watch every single one. Doesn't mean doesn't mean if they're good or not. Um, we got a couple minutes to talk about what else we're watching, or we can wrap it up. Um, if anybody wants to throw down on, if they saw anything incredible this week that's not related to a vampire, I'd love to hear it. Otherwise, we'll just throw We'll say we'll say goodnight. Um, did anybody see anything really cool? 
I, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many vampire uh, movies we watched this week. Yeah, uh, that's the what, thing. We how, spent our time watching like a, like literally. How many are on this list? One, two, three, it, four, it, five. There's like seven movies was, on this list. It was vampires and reality TV yeah. for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. So I, I uh, yeah. Well, I did see a few things, but uh, so uh, but I'll save uh, the best thing. Um, I saw a movie called Big Bad Wolves. Uh, movie is a, I think it's an Israeli movie from a few years ago. Uh, sure. Finally caught up with it. It is a it is a, a revenge movie where it is fucking brutal. Like there are some mm. torture scenes in this where just <sighs> yeah. So if you want to see somebody get tortured and uh, like brutal revenge, yeah. That's a perfect time it's to bring like up our next series of movies, Dave. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so so uh, yeah, I mean, our next series of movies is feel good movies. So that's a great time to bring it up. Watching torture porn, and then by the way, we're gonna give you a series of movies to make you feel better. Oh man, nice. I yeah, watched, that's where I we're at. We're Dave. rolling into like we're obviously rolling into the holiday season, and so we'll be talking about a bunch of uh, probably there'll probably be some some holiday type deals, but. I don't know. Speaking of Michael Keaton, I'm pushing us to watch uh, Gung Ho. I'm just throwing that out there right now. Um, Which one's that? Yeah, you mentioned that's the one where he uh, wants to save the auto, the like the automobile factory in his town that got shut down. So he goes to Japan to get the investors. Oh. It's a Ron was, Howard movie. Wasn't that another? Was weren't there two movies like that? Another one with Kurt Russell. Uh, there's another factory movie, but there's also a documentary that came out recently. But this is like um. But at the at the older. same time. Like it's it's or maybe I'm not. Maybe oh, I'm, are you thinking of sweet shift? Maybe or there was I, I don't know. I'll look it up. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I, we're doing, I, folks. We're gonna bring you some feel good movies as we roll into uh, this fall season. Um, parting thoughts, folks. Say goodnight to the audience. I I, I saw a really I, fun I movie on Shutter, The Mortuary Collection. All right, and so everybody go check out The Mortuary Collection. All right, that's it for binge watchers this week. We'll be back with a brand new show next week. Stay tuned. Tune in, drop out, whatever. Play it in the background. I really don't give a shit. All right. Good night, everybody. Lates. Lates. Lates.